Hey guys, today's guests are Linda and Drew Scott. You know them from the Property Brothers, their podcast, At Home with Drew and Linda, their new show, Celebrity IOU, and the quarterly lifestyle magazine, Reveal. I really enjoyed talking with them, and I hope you enjoy listening to us. Before we begin the episode, I want to tell you about a new unqualified experiment. I love hearing from you, and this idea came from wanting to share your thoughts and stories with the unqualified community. It's a pretty simple experiment. We just got a telephone number where you can call me and leave a message. That number is 310-421-9304. Every so often, I'm going to ask a question like the ones I ask our guests, and I'd like to feature your answers on upcoming episodes of Unqualified. You can also call in with advice to our callers or even just to say hello. We'll see how it goes. So my first question to you is, to whom would you most like to apologize and why? So please give me a call at 310-421-9304. I really hope to hear from you. And now, Linda and Drew Scott. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Unqualified with your host, Anna Ferris. Hey, you guys, I was late because I was just finishing up your wedding video. Oh, you were watching? <laughs> yes, I got it. Hey, hey, dear listeners, we are here with Linda and Drew Scott um, from Property Brothers, and they have their own podcast, and I want to talk to you guys all about that in a second, but I really need to talk to you about your wedding. That looked unbelievable, and I am, I'm pretty, we talk a lot about weddings on this show, I always feel like it's a time when people kind of reveal their hand. If there's going to be drama, yeah, that's usually when it happens. Well, I have a question for you. Looking at the two of us, yeah, does she look like a bridezilla or do I look like a groomzilla? You totally look like the groomzilla, yeah. Drew. Drewzilla. Come on! Zilla. Come on! But I do love it, Linda, that you made the decision to not have a maid of honor. I couldn't decide. So indecisive. It is weird. And I have four other siblings and 10 girlfriends from high school. And I think when we started planning, we thought, okay, screw tradition. We'll keep what we like and then we'll just do what we feel. Yeah. I mean, at the and end of the day, tradition. It, there, you know, there are certain traditions. Like I wore a kilt, I'm Scottish. And, you know, we did a, a Chinese uh, tea ceremony because Linda's Chinese. But aside from some things like that, that we really love, the we'll make our own traditions. I mean, yeah. we, we thought, you know, so a lot of people are saying 10 grooms, uh, groomsmen and 10 bridesmaids. That's ridiculous. We're like, no, our wedding, you can have one or none at your wedding. Maybe you don't have anybody that wants to be your, your bridesmaids or groomsmen. We have 10 people that would love to join us. <laughs> that we so, forced. That we forced. But we made it. It was like actually like an eight-day event. Our wedding, we had uh, we were in Italy, the southeast of Italy. In Puglia, uh, right? Puglia region. Yeah, for eight days. And oh the, the Borgo Agnesia where we had the wedding was just oh. stunning. It felt like we were the only people there. The way it's laid out, every little nook and cranny, every corner is private. So you barely saw any other guests the whole time. Oh, I say once we get out of here, we go back to Italy. Oh, to yeah. Oh, it's magical. Did you cry at all, by the way, when you watched the wedding special? No, I I have a hard time crying. I don't know. Are you guys good criers? I'm a bad cry. I feel like I, for my health, I should cry more frequently. Oh, you're a bad crier as in you don't cry enough? I don't, yeah. I, I do. I think I, I mean, I'm somebody, that, I don't cry at everything, but I like to, you know, escape a little bit when I'm watching a show or a movie that, that is, you know, romantic or emotional, or if something tragic happens, I can cry, but... I, don't I can sit, cry watching I'm an the ugly Simpsons. crier. You, you cry watching The Simpsons. <laughs> or commercials. Commercials are the worst. Yeah. But if right. I see someone else cry, I'm like, I'm gonna, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get you oh, to cry really? because we have our new uh, show on HGTV, Celebrity IOU. And it's, I know. It's, yeah, if you saw it, 
That will make you cry. People watch the first episode, Brad Pitt giving back to this woman that he loves that's his makeup artist. And if you don't cry when you watch that, you have no heart. You have no soul. <laughs> Fuck. So it's the test. Yeah. What if I fail? Then back to hell you go. <laughs> I've told this story before, but one of my worst rejections, like um, in terms of like auditioning and not getting a role, there's all kinds of there's all kinds of atrocious stories. But one time, my feedback was that I didn't have enough soul, and that <laughs> haunted me. Like how, how do I how do I gain more? What do I do? It's but like, this is your trick. You have those beautiful big eyes. You just <laughs> bat those like a doe, and then you can use a trucker mouth. You know the the thing I love though about your acting is that. You obviously have comedy chops. I mean, Thanks, and you're Jim. in the moment and you and you have that sarcastic side that we're very sarcastic. Uh, it's just in the family. But also you can play dramatic roles. You can play emotional roles. I've seen what you've Thanks. done. And at least from our perspective, watching what you do, you have that in you. So you can at least pretend really well and, that you cry. And you can hear it and feel it through your podcast. Yes. I wish all of the guests complimented me in such a nice <laughs> way, like right off the bat. Thank you guys so no, much. No, you're still an asshole, but yeah, everything totally that you portray am. as an actor is great. <laughs> Um, Hey, so when you guys met, you guys met in Toronto at Fashion Week, is that right? Yeah, Yeah. Fashion Week. Uh Okay, can you tell me about this experience, how the sparks flew, who approached whom, how did that work? you want to tell the truth or the lie? You tell your version. We'll mix it in. Oh, I love it. Okay, well, well, okay. So Drew and Jonathan were celebrity guest models for this fashion show, which it was the store that was their wardrobe sponsor. For season one of Property Brothers. For season one of Property Brothers. And my sister and I were there volunteering, helping out our friend who was organizing the event. And literally the first thing, <laughs> I think I've told you this once, but um, when you guys were walking down the catwalk, I literally turned to my sister and I was like, they have such big heads. You know, I'm known for having a large cranium. <laughs> but you were really cute. But then uh, I saw her backstage and I'm like, this girl is cute. And you could see her energy and she's talking with some people and laughing and you could just see her spirit, really amazing, positive energy. And, and again, gorgeous. So my big pickup line was she's holding a bottle of water. I was holding pizza and I just walked over and my big pickup line was, where'd you get the water? And, and I said, love. where'd you get that pizza? And where'd you get the pizza? And so it was love from water and pizza. And then we got married in Puglia, which is the tribute to pizza. And at our wedding, we didn't have anybody give us gifts. We said, instead, if anybody feels inclined, they can donate. We raised enough money for this village down outside of Ecuador in the Amazon rainforest to have clean water for life because the the oil companies had polluted their main water source. And so that was our little tribute from the wedding back to water and pizza. That's amazing. You guys hosted the perfect wedding. Everyone gets to go to Italy, celebrate love, and they don't have to bring any gifts. I'm going to tell you a trick. You know, when you have your your fourth, fifth, and seventh wedding, um, if you go to Puglia, (laughs) so if you travel, we were told less than 30% of who you invite will come to the wedding if it's a destination like Europe or something. It's more expensive. It's long ways. So we were banking on, you know. Yeah, like we invited 385 people. We thought like 100 or less. Um, You know, we had probably 100 in our wedding party. And then uh, we ended up having 305 people came. So it was actually amazing to have that many people come. We just didn't expect it. Just seemed like such a dream. I think in the video that I watched, I think you guys mentioned how the week was really helpful because at a wedding, you don't have time to talk to everybody. You're usually stuck talking with like your neighbor, Creepy your uncle. parents' friend from like 20 years ago or what, you know. But um, my solution to that was just like hit the dance floor. I'm not a great yeah. dancer, but you can avoid those conversations sometimes. Well, you know, you know, the other thing too with that is it's it's when you're at the wedding and there's so many people there, it's all shallow conversation. It's just the, hi, how are you? What are you doing? What's new? Okay, bye, see you later. And you move on. And Well, not shallow, just like. Or, yeah, like surface level. 
It's like speed dating. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. And we didn't want that. I mean, we wanted to be able to have more time with everybody. So we had a, you know, a welcoming sort of almost like picnic kind of a thing. And then we had a, a karaoke night. So eight days of events. And we actually literally, I'm. this is the kind of nerd I am. I made a list of the people at the wedding that I could, okay, I've spoken to them. I want to make sure I have time because we wanted to connect with everyone there. Even if it was just for 20 minutes, we wanted to connect with everybody so that everyone felt that they were a part of this. And it's a weird thing because when we saw all these people, we invited people from our high school days. My elementary school teacher was there, oh, my high school basketball amazing. coach. And so it literally feels like, you know, when they say the moment when you die, you see everyone from your <laughs> life that means something to you. Is that creepy or weird that I'm saying that my we- the wedding felt no, like? No, you've died and gone to heaven. Yeah. So I hope there's a couple great. of people that don't like emerge into my brain at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> I, hope, I hope it's like fond memories. Hopefully. You hope so. <laughs> That's amazing, though. You guys, like, I, it seemed like you just hit a home run. No drama, though. Everyone's happy in Italy. No, you I don't know. Honestly, How the, can the you food be upset and in Italy? everyone was great. But I mean, I handled a lot of the logistics stuff just because I, that's I love doing it. And Linda um, leaned in a little more on a few of the creative elements. But the one thing that was funny, because we actually filmed it for a show, you saw the special. And the one funny thing that was we went off on our bachelor party and our bachelorette party while we were in Italy. So I drove like a half an hour this way over to one town and Linda was about an hour and a half away from me in another town. But where she was, oh, yeah. it was torrential downpour <laughs> and hail. Like the hail was like golf balls coming down. And we were the, bike riding. Yeah, they were bike riding. <laughs> over where I was, no. the weather was perfect and beautiful. So that was kind of funny. You just drowned rats running around on bicycles. <laughs> it was fun. I mean, we were all drenched. We were all wearing white and I had heels on bike riding. So it was slippery and I'm just cursing and she doesn't swear but we have footage of her swearing like a trucker this is like the top of the third act in a movie (laughs) it is well you know what the other thing that actually that it could have been a big moment but like for us our, our whole philosophy of the wedding was it doesn't matter if you know People can't show up. Actually, the one big thing that happened was right before that was it the the three days before the wedding, all flights were canceled into Italy. There was a strike at the airports. And so any flights into Europe and then connecting from in uh, in Italy, they were all canceled. So people the, the days before the wedding were almost not able to get there. Luckily, people changed and they were able to drive or train or something else. Well, my mom and oldest sister didn't make it to the bachelorette party yeah they missed because the they were still flying in because their flights got canceled but again our whole thing was it doesn't matter what happens like the cake can fall over you know you can slip on the altar the tent can burn down at the end of the day we're all together we love each other that's all that matters it just looked incredible it really did it seemed like it just knocked it out of the park hey um how are you guys doing with the quarantining we're lucky to be doing fine yeah yeah, yeah I, I mean, mean we're we get to be home together and we're home safe. So I think the hardest part is seeing people who aren't fine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's so many people that don't have somebody that they're in quarantine with. And so what we're trying to do with our friends and our community, and even on our podcast with our listeners, every week we're hopping on a call with somebody to check in on them to see how they're doing, how they're staying positive, um, how they're connecting with their community. But yeah, so we've been doing, my dad, he's 86 and I've been playing guitar with him. So he teaches me a song. I teach him a song via uh, Zoom or, or FaceTime, dinners with our family, virtual dinners or, or game nights with our families. Yeah. You guys are on top of it. <laughs> We're organized. How about you? You know, I think that there's that back and forth of like the undercurrent of anxiety a bit, the uncertainty and feeling very fortunate to have a, you know, a, a warm, safe home with people that I love. And there, I think there's also a feeling of guilt about that too. Totally. It's hard to articulate. Yeah. I find... 
for us, I mean, the thing has been, you know, we, we, we really try to stay positive and share that energy with anybody in our circle just because we know this, this is a very serious time and it can be very scary for people, um, you know, and, and also my parents went back to Canada. They were down visiting us, but they went back to Canada when it all started because my mom's 75, my dad's 86. We don't want to by chance somehow get the virus and then pass it on to them and, and they're more vulnerable than we are. And and so it, it's, I think the best thing for us has been really staying positive, keeping ourselves busy with time together, treating this as a almost like an extended date night where we're, we're really connecting ourselves, cooking or yoga and, and meditation in the mornings and, and also joining in with friends and family virtually to do the same. Yeah. I find that you're really good at being like the rock and staying positive, whereas I will naturally have more swings of positivity and wanting to share it, but also like really quiet moments of like, I'm not doing enough. Um, I wish I was, you know, as smart as doctors and scientists. Like, what am I doing? Like, you know, people are making food and serving it to people in the front lines and people are at the grocery stores and and we're like safe in our cocoon. And it I'm so grateful for it. But at the same time, it's like. I don't know. It's it's weird. It's like, but I still think that what what you're doing with your podcast and what you post on social and the same with what we're trying to do as well, because we all have a very large reach globally, and that's one way that we can connect with people to do our part to keep everyone positive and also pat the backs of everyone who are staying at home and isolating because that is what is really making a difference, flattening out that curve, mm-hmm. supporting our healthcare workers. So you guys launched your podcast in January. Yep. Yeah, at home with Linda and Drew Scott. Yeah. How are you guys enjoying the experience? What what, you, what is your takeaway from podcasting experience? Love it. love it. I love it. And I just want to do more of it. And it's not a new thing. I know that, you know, radio has been around forever, but I love the fact that we've taken that opportunity and to use that to slow down and just have conversations. I mean, the big thing for all us, we've wanted to do. We were, you know, with filming um, Property Brothers and, and my shows, we're all over in a different city every few months filming and we barely spend in time at home. This is the longest we've ever stayed at home. Yeah. And so- the whole goal of the podcast was to find a way that we can slow down, connect a little bit more, and then chat with amazing, inspiring people and share their stories. Luckily, we pre-recorded a whole bunch of our conversations before we, we all went into isolation. And so we still have some chats with, you know, we just posted Jesse Tyler Ferguson and, you know, we have one with Jonathan and Zoe that's coming up, but all these amazing people, this is that one thing that is really means a lot to us that, you know, all other things aside in our life, let's just find a way that we can connect with somebody. And then hopefully everybody else loves that conversation. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Yeah, I found it incredibly rewarding for, in a different way than I do now. But initially, it felt like it was a reprieve from mom, which drew. It's crazy that you were going to be on the show. Oh yeah, I know. It's uh. Hey, listeners, this was crazy. The week before our first week of self quarantining, we had two episodes of Mom to film, and the episode that we didn't get to shoot 
was supposed to be with Drew and Jonathan Scott in a fantasy sequence that I was so excited about, but, but oh, then we didn't get to do yeah. it. yeah. It was a Property Brother fantasy. Property I can't remember fantasy. whose fantasy was it. Was it yours or it, was it I think Allison's? it was mine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember because I was talking, we've known her for a little while and um, Allison was mentioning, you know, about the pop on the show. And then we were talking as well with uh, your producer about the podcast and all these things were coming together and we love your sitcom. Like we love the show. And and so it, it was pretty cool for me to get back to my acting days to come out and do a little something like that, even though I'm just playing myself in a sexy fantasy but um anyway it will, it'll happen we'll, we'll do it when we come back have you done anything in front of a live audience like that it's really fun oh yeah we, we have over because my whole background was acting and so i mean I obviously i didn't get to the the levels of what you do drew forgive me i didn't know that i'm sorry i'm out of here i'm sorry will you tell me about that a little yeah bit? <laughs> so well, as kids jonathan and i we always had a lot of energy and our parents were trying to figure out where they can channel that that would be a positive avenue instead of just annoying them at home because we were always kind of making our own little plays or songs or whatever we we're doing at home to entertain ourselves and anyone around us that would put up with us Anyway, then we, um, yeah, they got us into, we were clowns. That was our first entertaining gig. So when we, were, when we were kids, there was a Parks and Rec course to learn to be a clown. So we started with that. And then we realized that you could also um, take that. And Jonathan did magic. And then I found out I loved acting. My dad used to be in the business before we were born. And then he took us to a set one day. And I'm like, I want to be that guy. Was it Look Who's Talking? Uh, yeah. So we went to Look Who's Talking. So I met John Travolta and, and Kirstie Alley when I was a kid. And then he took me to... Um, I can't remember what it was, like First Blood or something like that. I'm a kid. Nice, and he took me to nice. a, Ram, a Rambo kind of a yeah. set. And I uh, saw Sylvester Stallone there. But it was, it was cool to me. So then I, as a kid, we did some, John and I both did theater. We did commercials, got into some small um, TV and film type roles. And then I continued pushing that side of it. I did a lot of improv, stand-up, and sketch comedy. Oh, which, amazing. The funny thing is, with what we do now as hosts for reality TV, that improv training and the, and the sketch comedy training that we did, that has helped me probably more than anything because it lets you be natural in the moment. There are a lot of people who are really good carpenters or designers, but they don't know how to be entertaining in the moment. So it's it's fun. And then popping into shows like yours, I mean, that's just a little icing on top for you know a throwback to what I used to love, still love. I hope we get to do it. I really hope so. It's such a great episode too. It's so fun. But can so, we have you pop on our show? I would you love can pop to. On and swing a hammer. <laughs> I would That'd love to. A mom's fantasy. But I might ask for some favors. Uh-oh. I need, yeah. I need come, a little help with like, you know, with the whole thing, decor and everything. I'm not great at, um, I can't tell if it's because I, I just don't have a ton of interest, but I love like a nice space, of course. I love like a comfortable environment and everything, but I don't tend to put a lot of thought into like designing and interior decor and everything. It's it's just not something that I've cultivated yeah. within myself. But I wanted to ask you guys two questions. What is your favorite place in your house separately and then maybe together? And then both of you, I want to ask sort of some general ideas about what people overlook, important features sure. that are kind of essential that maybe, you know, a first time buyer or whatever wouldn't think about in terms of, of oh, put to house. I could potential. talk for hours. <laughs> oh, good. Because I, I want to hear because mm-hmm. this house, my fiance and I picked out together. I love it, but I didn't see, he saw it for its potential. I didn't. I didn't know if it fit. Yeah. It's the kitchen I have a lot of issues with, but. <laughs> I can help there. It's a big kitchen, but only one person can cook in it because the aisle is too narrow. Oh, that's no good. Yeah. But this like taps into exactly the guilt that I feel. 
Even talking about complaining yeah. about having a kitchen that feels cramped is like, who the fuck am I? But everyone deserves to have a, a place that they love. I mean, that's the whole premise of our, our show Forever Home, Property Brothers Forever Home. It's people who already own the home. They have memories there. They've maybe inherited it from their parents or it's been passed down the family. The kids grew up there. Whatever the, the reason is, they love the home, but it doesn't work just like what you're saying. It, it doesn't function the way they need for their family. And Everyone wants to wake up in a home where they just feel relaxed every day. And if there's that one thing, every time you go into the kitchen that bugs you, you're never going to fully have that solace in your space. So so then where are your favorite places in your house? Uh, mine is definitely the attic. Oh, cool. Because it's super bright. We can, you know, open up the doors to get fresh air. It's a collapsible window wall. So the entire wall opens up to a 600 uh, square foot rooftop balcony. Oh, amazing. Yeah, I can stay up there all day. It's uh, nice and light and bright. I would say, though, for me, where we are right now, so I mean, we're sitting on the one side, but we have a big screen over on a projector and a big screen on the side for movie nights. And I have my ping pong table over here. So I'm a total table tennis nerd. And this is my little escape that from we nerdiness. haven't played once. We yet haven't played in, once while in isolation. in isolation. We'll get there. Yeah. I beat her too easily. It's not. It's not uh, no, I've been secretly practicing. <laughs> I, I don't like to do things. I'm. I'm like atrociously bad at ping pong is one of them. Bowling, tennis. Bowling. Any hand-eye coordination activity. This is good to know. We'll invite you over for game nights and oh. stuff like that. And we'll, we'll only do hand-eye coordination games. Oh, man. You guys would slay me. I'm terrible at game night. That's when I cry. <laughs> when you lose <laughs> game night. When, when people laugh that much at you, it yeah. makes anybody cry. Uh, yeah. But I would say our, our space together that is our favorite space would be probably the kitchen. Because we designed, this is an old home from 1921 it was built. Oh, beautiful. And. And we love the old character of this place and all beautiful old historic homes. However, we needed more modern functionality. The kitchen was this tiny little postage stamp over in the corner of the house. And we needed we wanted the flow from the living room to the dining room to the kitchen. So we together designed it to have the perfect flow, the space like you're talking about. You need to have that minimum. You know, when you start to get around 36 inches or less, it feels too tight. So if you have a good solid, you know, four feet, it feels nice. So we, we have that flow but it's all about, it's about flow. We love to entertain and have family and friends over for dinner nights. And so the kitchen really pulls us together. Yeah, I'd say right now, the dining table specifically is our favorite shared spot because it's turned into, and I'm sure families with kids know this, but it turns into the everything table. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's been puzzles. It's been work, eating on the puzzles. <laughs> yeah, everything. We love it. I've heard you guys talk about your puzzling on your podcast and we just completed our first puzzle. How many pieces? 500 oh, babies. How long and it was it so you? hard. Two and a half weeks. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just so you know, just to make you feel better. Look, you guys are laughing. We did a 500 Sorry. piece puzzle. We were like, let's set a record. So we sat down and we did a 500 piece puzzle in one sitting. So we, you know, most of ours are around 1,000 1, to 2,000. But uh, we, we've been layering them because we're that bored. I know we sound like we're like 75-year-old We want to beat the world people. record, whatever we, it is. Our puzzles are stacked like this thick, an inch thick full of every layer of those puzzles. So I think we're at six now. Will you guys puzzle for like two hours on end? Oh. Uh, at least. Four hours? We, yeah, I think the most we've done in one sitting is five hours. So when we first started isolating, we were like, okay, we got to keep a schedule. But then we started sleeping really late because we were, we were puzzling. Well, We'd be going like to bed at 2 a.m. Melted in general. Yeah. Why am I so tired the next day? Oh, because we puzzled until 3 a.m. Uh, we actually, I will admit, we haven't, in the last two weeks, we haven't done a puzzle. We've been busy with other stuff. Yeah. And we've also been trying each night to connect with one of our friends or family we haven't talked to in a while. So we've been FaceTiming a lot of different friends and family. You guys are like on top of it, quarantiners. Do you, do you need us to help organize <laughs> yes, your quarantine everything. life? everything. 
We'll create a schedule for you. Totally. <laughs> yeah, I need to know when to call my parents. Um, <laughs> like put a load of laundry in. You know what's funny? What? I was going to say my mom is so funny because she just found we had introduced her to Scrabble like two months ago on uh, on her phone. So she has an app for Scrabble. And she she doesn't call anymore, especially in isolation. She doesn't call anymore just to check in on us or say I love you. Or at, at the end of the night, you know, she used to always just message saying, okay, heading to bed. Good night. Love you. Now it's just like play your turn. Yeah. She only right. ever messages to say play your turn. I'm like, thanks, mom. <laughs> when we've been puzzling, which is just the one puzzle, like I said, that is now completed. But it was a Game of Thrones puzzle. Oh, nice. Yeah. But there's like this thing that happens where you can go through these long stretches of intense puzzling where you're kind of quiet, right? And like you kind of have a system, like it, especially oh, as yeah. you, once it's two thirds built, maybe you can sort of start to, I don't know if you guys have, like if you we have system. start to put, you know, Pieces of like we call them males or females or whatever, but you know, like we call them nubbies. Nubbies. Yeah, nubbies. <laughs> so, so like a three nub. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Well, some I puzzles. Need a three we nub, actually, babe. The, the last two we we did, they're all two nub, and I like it when you have a mixture Dub of nubs. nubs. Some of them have no nubs. Some of them have three or four. You just gotta you gotta nub it up. But anyway, the system is we divide and conquer. So first off, we get all the He's pieces the on the master. table. Okay. We flip all the pieces so you have them all up. Yep. We split off the corners and edges, and then I go to town. Then she starts to group colors and everything else. So it's super systematic. We actually, if you go on our Instagram, anybody listening, if you go on our Instagram, Mr. Drew Scott or I'm Lindork or even at home, you'll see we we've posted puzzles and it's we we do an above it attaches to our chandelier on the dining lapse. table it's a time lapse and then we have a camera that's at the side and we've been doing some like just recording ourselves bantering and talking then we think back and literally we'll talk for like a minute and then it's 4 hours of silence and then we're like, because when don't we're puzzling bother me. it's all silence <laughs> yeah but then do you do you cuz here oh no, I can't believe I'm talking about puzzles this long but <laughs> but because because it's a little bit new for me I haven't done one in years but uh I would find that I would walk past the table some days and see a piece and it miraculously I know exactly where it goes and it fits that happened it's maybe weird. four or five times which That's the greatest feeling I don't oh, understand it was incredible. how that then happened you think it's you're like on a, a superpower. and then you're stuck for like yeah. a half an hour yeah. And then you're like, ah, oh, I can't. It's, it's like you need to lock into a certain element in your brain. That's- yeah. I always think of the uh, the scene from A Beautiful Mind. I'm like, everything's just falling into place. The numbers and things yeah. are all Yeah, I didn't think about head. that. <laughs> yeah, not that smart. <laughs> so I actually, just to continue the puzzle talk, because we've gone on long enough, um, we got one puzzle, which was uh, a beautiful puzzle, but it comes in a glass a vase kind of on the inside. And unfortunately, I think when they put it over the fence, when they're delivering it, oh, it no. broke. And so when I opened the box, the pieces kind of spilled out. But we're like, I don't care if there was glass on it. We're cleaning these off and we're going to make, we're going to do this puzzle. And we did. It was a great puzzle. It was fun. So. Yeah. So what kind of puzzle comes in a glass vase? A fancy It was a kind. really fancy, pretty container. Yeah. Has there been a, like specific items that you are really valuing right now that you didn't before? Well, this sounds cheesy, but the the most valuable thing I think is time. Yeah. I know it sounds in a weird way and like nobody wants to be in isolation because of corona. However, the time that we're getting together is something we do not get very often or for this amount of time. So to be able to have every day where Linda and I can cook together or we can just chill together or do something, I love it. I mean, that's something I will never forget that. my The rest of my life, I will never forget that because this has given us that time together. I completely agree. Yeah, and I think a lot of families are feeling the same thing. You know, as scary as the situation is, there's something beautiful about the fact that we are all in this together in our own homes. And 
women across the world. Completely. I've enjoyed, you know, just just spending time. Like we moved in here about a year and a half ago, I think. And and I've been so busy. Mm-hmm. And it feels like I have the time to feel like, oh yeah, this is my home. And these are the things that I want to do. And, and that, that feels really good. So you guys, what are the overlooked things when you're buying a new home? Yeah, this is the the, the problem. And I mean, I've been dealing with real estate our, my whole life. I mean, since we've been renovating houses since the mid nineties and we've, we've seen it all. And we've, even our shows, we've, we've hit over 400 episodes. So we've helped 400 families with their houses. Amazing. And the biggest thing that we've noticed over the years, everyone gets hooked up on the aesthetic and that's all they think about. And then they'll start to, and a lot of people will focus in on like the um, the master bathroom or the or the kitchen, but they get hooked up on the aesthetic and they forget. It doesn't matter how pretty your house is. It doesn't matter how new the materials are. If it's not functional for a family, the first day you're in that house, you're going to hate it because it doesn't function. Like you're saying with your countertops being too close together. So, and the one specific thing that I always find is people forget about closets. So they'll see a house, they're like, it has a living room, a kitchen, a bedroom, perfect for all our family. And then when they get in the house, they don't have anywhere to put things or their their closets aren't organized. So one of the first things I always do when I go to look at a house is I go in and I check out all the closets and I figure out, is there enough for what a family would want to have in the space? Closets are a huge thing to make people happy that they forget about. That's really good advice mm-hmm. as I clean out my closet. I don't know what it is. I mean, am I weird that it's almost better than sex when you clean a closet and you give it organization? Oh man. Organization is sexy. Yes. Yes. Don't. <laughs> In another three weeks, I'll get there. I'll be able to see the floor. <laughs> man, man, you'll need a cigarette after that. Oh, fuck yeah. I, uh, I think like for me, I've always been, even as a kid, my parents make fun of me because I've always been an organization freak. When kids would get messy in their room or, you know, they make a mess at the kitchen table, whatever it is they're doing, or they're out playing in the mud and they come home all dirty. I was never that kid. I was always pristine when I would come home or I would lay things out and organize them and flatten them. My mom's like, just be Who a kid. Just mess up your bed a little bit sometimes. <laughs> just, I don't know. I never liked it. Is Jonathan the same way? No, no. I mean, he, he's not messy. Like he's, he's clean, but he's more relaxed about it or he won't put as much effort into it. I can Tetris the shit out of a trunk of a car. Out of everything. Like I'm really good at organizing a space to get the most <sighs> out of it. And Again, Jonathan's not bad, but I take it to an extreme. So uh, after quarantine, I'll be right over to help you guys. Oh, my God. Truly, you totally honed in on my weakness. I've actually counted multiple weaknesses, but um, (laughs) puzzling, organization. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of sports. (laughs) Sports. So I have these beautiful notes that someone from your team sent over. Oh. Can I ask you uh, a couple of the funny things that are on here? Yes. Okay. So, well, this is very sweet. You have a running love note. Oh, yeah. Who you know, told on, you that? On iPhone. See, <laughs> okay, I don't know who sent over I'm sorry. Info. Should I not have said that? Do you want me to cut that out? No, no. No, no. I think that's funny. Yeah, it's a you, shared you know, note on, uh, on iPhone. On, yeah, it's a shared note. That's so really I think sweet. I did the last one. But instead of just always writing like a little love note, so, you know, Linda will still sneak things in when I'm, if I go traveling for a couple of days, she'll have something like my toiletry bag or my them. laptop. She'll hide them. <laughs> so she knows I have to go and get certain something from my laptop and then I'll find a note. But so and instead, if you don't find it, I know that you didn't change your underwear for two days. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but then she's she, uh, we, we came up with this thing where it's a shared note and it will draw pictures. So something that has happened this week, something funny or something silly, we'll just draw a picture of it. And like uh, they're like really dumb pictures. Lin- Linda knocked like... over uh, one of our decor pieces and broke it last night. So I'm going to do a picture <laughs> making fun of her as like a bull in a china shop. It's so, so you know. amazing to see a couple that's so in love and happy. And I love it that you constantly nurture your relationship. 
Well, Linda has been a great influence for me because I'm sure you can appreciate too from your relationships. A relationship is work and it's not a bad thing. It's just you need to put the effort in the same way Linda puts a ton of effort in. She's so loving and, and uh, you know, emotionally connecting with me. And I find my habit over the, the past years, before Linda, I was always single. My brothers were the ones that were always in relationships. I was always single because I was really work focused and I was go, go, go all the time. But she has been a nice reminder to me to actually stop that kind of pace and actually connect more. And I love it. I mean, it's nice to be able to do these little things for somebody and know that they really appreciate it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. It seems like as I watch you guys, you know, being so loving and sweet to each other, I love that you guys always touch each other. I need to touch. Yeah, I know. I do too. But I love how considerate you both are. Yeah. And when sometimes like we're short with each other because we've been rushing all day and then it's like, uh, you know, like we check ourselves and say like, well, you wouldn't say that in that tone to anyone else. So yeah. of course, don't say it like that to each other. Right. Yeah, of I, I don't like but it we... when you catch yourself talking to each other in that way, just being a little short. Like I like to get to the point and sometimes it can just come across as asshole. <laughs> and so, you know, so for me, I think it's important to always remember, remember how somebody's receiving the information that you're giving them. And this is not just in relationships, it's in business or anything, but I can intend for something to be taken one way but people can receive it another way depending on my body language or my tone. And especially with me having a strong tone, like I have a very, they call me the loud talker. Um, it can come across as very aggressive. And so I, I always have to catch myself and remind myself to remember how it's received. I want to know who this they is. Who's the they calling you the they. Like, you know, I'm going to give them the one these, for. These voices in my head. <laughs> Drew, do you collect rare coins? Yes, I do. Why are you laughing at me? I'm not laughing. I was smiling. Everybody <laughs>, laughs at me. Okay, this is the Who's thing. They? Who, Who are yeah, they? Yeah, laughing at you. Yeah. Uh, they, they, there they go again. Um, I love antiques. I love old um, historic pieces. Uh, Linda does too, but something with meaning, something with a uh, history. But coins, I got addicted when I was a kid. Both Jonathan and I, our parents would take us to Scotland. My dad's from Scotland. And we were five years old, and our dad got us hooked on these old stories of the knights and the fights and all the, the battles. And he took us to castles and cathedrals, and we saw these old coins in these showcases, and it got me hooked. And we were on a beach. This was actually when I was 10 years old. We were on a beach in Oban, a town in Scotland. 
And on the beach, we were skipping stones, and we came across these stones that were really smooth. And I looked closer, and they were old coins from the 1700s. Wow. Imagine as a 10-year-old yeah. finding that in a beach. You feel like you're in some cool. Tim Burton movie or something where you've just found a treasure. Anyway, so for me, I got hooked on it. And now I have coins that are 2,000 years old from the Roman times wow. and 10th century Scotland or England. So it's it's cool to me. And I, I will always, Linda will come into the room, and I'm sort of just like caressing my coins. I don't know. It's weird. I've, I've come into the room once where he's topless and just like looking at his coins masturbating like, with coins yeah taking you pictures of them. <laughs> <laughs> no it's <laughs> i have never been topless with my coins yes you put, have what when was that i don't remember i mean this. whatever but, uh, <laughs> i like it you have i like it a lot <laughs> I have this amazing scalpel from the civil war i have a bullet that has teeth marks in it from like some horrible amputation or something i imagine Ooh. oh my gosh but I think there's a comfort in history that, I don't know, I don't know if I fully unpacked this in my head, but I do. I'm I'm a curious person. I like thinking, especially in what we do in the entertainment industry, it feels really good to be able to put all kinds of things in perspective. Yeah. yeah. Also, just ex- experiencing life and the world. And that's, you know, for us, you know, on our honeymoon, we went down to Ecuador and up into the Amazon rainforest. We literally took um, a a boat two hours up the river connected over onto this little canoe that went another like hour and a half up the river into a small town. There's like nobody around. It's just a small village. Wow. And the, the reason we were doing this though, too, is, you know, we want to see different cultures. We want to experience different ways of life and, live, yeah. and, and try different foods. And I think it makes you a more rounded person when you have more of that worldly experience. And it's especially important for kids. I think teaching empathy and just world perspective. Um, was that for the WE organization? Yes, yeah. you do do your research. So the WE organization um, does a lot of great work domestic and abroad. And when we raised money at our wedding to give back to this village, it was actually it was through, through the WE organization. Yeah. They were helping them find a new water source, run new pipelines to this village. They had never had running water in bathrooms. They had always just gone out into the bushes. And these are families where they have like nine kids. And their entire time they've ever been there, they've always just gone out to the bush to use the bathroom. And so we were actually giving them their first toilet, their first working sink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, what we love about them is that they they aren't just about handouts. It's all about a hand up. And they really empower the communities that they work with to to thrive and and build things for themselves instead of just handing them money. If our listeners are interested, can they go to we.org? Yeah. Okay. We.org, mm-hmm. exactly. And you can see all the different initiatives. What I actually love too, um, I don't know if you've ever been a part of this, but the We organization also does these We Days all across U.S. and Canada. And in every major city, it's a stadium. They'll literally have a stadium. You think of the tens of thousands of people that can fit into a stadium. Well, it's all kids in their communities that have volunteered. You don't pay to come to this. If you've volunteered, whether it's an initiative helping homelessness, eradicating um, kids that are hungry, not eradicating the kids, like eradicating the hungriness, Uh, but whatever the initiative is, giving back to your community somehow um, activates you as eligible to come to yeah, one of these Yeah, you earn days. your way there. Oh, that is really of, cool. Yeah, a ton That's of huge amazing. celebrities. The last one that we went to, Morgan Freeman, Jennifer Aniston. Um, Prince they're, Harry. They're, Prince Harry, they're all there talking to the kids and inspiring them with their own stories. That's amazing. When I was in high school, I joined a youth group with the Seattle Presbyterian Church because there was a boy there that I had a massive crush on. He didn't go to my school. <laughs> Josh. He never he never showed up to <laughs> oh, youth. Josh. Josh is dreamy. I remember him. <laughs> but we went to Tijuana and built homes for a week, which was wildly unsuccessful. I mean, there there was like 
in my memory, maybe 50 kids, high schoolers, were so lazy, unbelievably lazy. And then there's like 10 leaders that are doing all of the work. I think when we did attempt to help, we were hurting because we just didn't know what we were doing. But, you know, we poured the concrete, like built a rudimentary structure for a family that they seemed to be happy with the results. But it's no joke. Like the building shit is fucking hard. I'm hoping that that structure is still standing for that family. <laughs> well, if you look, we, we do up to just before Christmas, we had 39 houses on the go. Wow. We've been doing it a long time. It allows us to really know our, where we can get efficient. A lot of people fall behind. If you try to do your own project and be your own general contractor, you don't know the timeline you know, or, you know, when you might need to have the inspector come in to check your permits and, you know, that might delay you with something else. So it's it's a big process. But that must have been rewarding giving back to the organization. I just felt guilty because I didn't do anything. Did you hook up with Josh? No, Josh didn't even show up. Oh, he didn't show up. Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> Josh didn't show up. <laughs> yeah. Hey, can I ask you guys a little bit more about your relationship? Yeah. Man. Okay. So this one, I don't know if you guys want to talk about it, but what's the last thing you guys argued about? Coronavirus. Or maybe well, not just it's argue, not arguing. But it, I would say it's it's the degree, like or you know, to me, Linda is a bit more extreme than I am with how she wants to shut things clean down, clean everything, and and like the my whole thing, well, like cleaning and, and everything like that. We're <laughs> obviously not doctors and scientists, so I never want to interpret assume. or misinterpret or assume. I just want to take whatever information we are getting from yeah. various legit sources and. I think it's okay to be a bit more extreme because what's the harm in being extra careful? That's true. my thought. Yeah. All right. I'm going to tell you something that's more detailed than anyone probably wants to know. I don't use urinals. Why? I don't like using urinals because inevitably, inevitably, whenever I'm standing at a urinal, somebody walks over and goes, property brothers, love oh, the show. No. And they put their hand out to shake my hand. What? I'm like, I'm at the urinal. So I don't use it. I don't like I thought there urinals. was a code with urinals and men. They're I thought you're not supposed, supposed to, to talk to each other. You just you're stare straight ahead. Right? You're not supposed yeah. to talk. But you stare straight ahead. And I also don't like it when people are standing using a urinal and both their hands are up. One is behind their head and one's looking at their they cell do phone. They do that? Like, people can do that? What are you holding on with? Yeah. Like the aim I is don't that understand. good? I wow. don't understand how your aim is that good or what you're doing, but that's really weird. And you can't really check awesome it out, powers. can you? You can't figure but out what's I going just, on because you can't look. No, because then you look weird. <laughs> right, okay, all right. But where I was going with this is I am the guy, though, that will, if I'm in the restroom, like say I was you know, in a stall or I was washing my hands or whatever, and, and I notice somebody that walks by, so when I go to wash my hands, and if I know somebody uses a urinal or the, the toilet and walks by not washing their hands, I will say, oh, I think you forgot something there. <laughs> I did this a year ago. I, I feel a little bad, but I think it's worth it. Older generation, sometimes it just wasn't the habit, and I'm not giving them an excuse, but I, I kind of get it. Anyone our age or younger, like, you know better. Wash your hands after you touch your junk. And so this guy walks out. He's maybe early 30s. He walks from the urinal, walks over. He literally just walks. He does this with his hand and shakes his hands. Oh. And he didn't wash his hands. He Wait, literally what goes the heck to the. I don't know. Out? I don't get it. He walks past. He shakes his hands. He walks out the door. I'm like, Ew. that's disgusting. So when I walked out, he was with a group of young, like like pretty ladies. No and so I don't way. know if it was a girlfriend or he's trying. He's trying to impress them. And I walked past and I'm like, hey, excuse me, buddy. Um, just so you know, I think you forgot to wash your hands after you used the the urinal. <laughs> And then I kept walking and oh my gosh. I, I felt a little bad. And then like you could see the shame in his face. He went immediately red. And I'm like, I hope he's now learned his lesson and will never do that again. Oh God. <laughs> that kind of confrontation. Well, any confrontation terrifies me in general. I'm not good at it. I'm not prepared for 
the engagement. But Linda, are you good at that kind of thing? Oh, no. no. I'm I'm the worst. I will. No, I think I'm. No. I know. I the just, only thing I you can't do, even. <laughs> you have one thing that you do that I feel is a bit too confrontational. Oh, okay. Well, no, it's it's like passive aggressive. It's passive aggressive. It's not confrontational. That's true, actually. It's very passive aggressive. Go ahead. Okay, so smokers, it's fine if you smoke, but we're all sharing the air, and it pisses me off when people are smoking close to a door because even if you're allowed to at a certain distance, all your smoke is getting into the building. My yeah. argument, though, is so if you're smoking where you shouldn't be smoking, I will also speak up because she won't speak up, but I'll speak up. But hey, you know what? You're supposed to be three meters from the door, whatever it is. You know, you should move a little further away. But she'll do it sometimes <laughs> when people are smoking where there's a, a designated smoking area they're allowed to. And she'll walk by, and what she does is she doesn't say anything. She just walks by and goes, <laughs> ah, not ah, open. Ah. <laughs> I'll just like, yeah. And the I'm air like, is so but gross. She does it in such a sarcastic way, or she'll be like, "Man, this air is really gross." And I'm like, "Come on!" I'm like, "They're where they're supposed to be." Well, they shouldn't be smoking. It's bad for them, and it's expensive, and it's bad for <laughs> you. Just have a whole bunch of smokers out there now hate you. Stop smoking. You know, somebody out there is like, "Oh man, this really pretty woman." Kind of gave me grief about smoking, so I'm going to change my ways. <laughs> I'm going to stop. Yeah, good. So I wanted to ask you both, but I came up with this question for Drew, but Linda, I want to hear your take on this too. Drew, do you prefer a client who completely trusts you and is hands-off or somebody who's really collaborative? And I know that there's multiple parts to that question because you could have somebody yeah. who's hands-off who then is very unhappy, I assume, or whatever, like, or maybe not very, I don't know. I don't know how that works. Well, when you say collaborative, you also mean overbearing and demanding. <laughs> yeah. Um, so to be totally honest, I actually love people that want to give a lot of input because the way I look at it is this is going to be your home. Like if it's searching for a new home or if we're going to renovate your current home, there's so much that we could do in so many different directions we can go. The more you tell us, the more we can cater it to what you want. If somebody's just like, I trust what you want, uh, like what you'll do, you know, they'll like the home. It'll be beautiful, but it's not tailored to you. And it's the little things within a home that can really speak to your to your heart. And so, you know, I might not know that, you know, their kids love to cuddle up on a couch and watch, you know, on a sectional and watch movies every Sunday night. If they don't tell me that, well, if I put just a regular sofa into a living room, it's not going to give them that same cuddle space that they want to have. So there's always, you know, good and bad that comes with somebody who, you know, gives too much feedback. Sometimes people will talk themselves out of something, but in the end, Typically, I like it. Yeah, and I think for homeowners, it's it's special for them if they get to be a part of it because yeah. they feel like you know they've put their own sweat and energy and and yeah. creativity into it. Also, kids. Um, a lot of parents don't think about this, but you know, obviously, you don't want to have the kids make all the big decisions. But if you have them involved in a renovation or design project, even if you've already picked two colors that you're you're good to go with, but you let the kids make the final oh, choice, that's this or so that, so smart. It makes of them. Course. It empowers them, and it makes them feel that they're part of the creative side of transforming the home because it's their home too. Yeah, that's really smart. I just assume that the children are as, you know, I was about to say just as interested as I am, which means not interested. But the, the truth is, is that it's not that I'm not interested. It's that I'm indecisive. I think that's where the professionals come in because they let you guys make the decision, but they've already narrowed it down for you. And they're giving you three amazing options. Like you can't mess up with any of those decisions. No, that that's, I mean, I've done this my whole life. And so 
for somebody else to try and think that they can just come in and do what we do, it doesn't make sense. It's the same with what you've done your whole life. Um, whatever your assets are, you know, if I was to come along and try and act like I can just do that, it's never going to happen. Everybody has things they're good at and people have things they need to work at. So, and I love it. I mean, I absolutely love seeing the look on homeowners' faces after we've transformed a home for them and really seeing where they emotionally connect. Is it sometimes it's even just a decor piece or, or a piece of photo of their family? Sometimes it's, the kitchen they've never had with an open sight line for family get-togethers. It was so fun for the audience, too. Well, yeah, on Celebrity IOU, like Brad Pitt was giving back to Gene, who is his makeup artist. And she's been on the road with him for over 30 years. Seeing them together, they're literally like a couple of little kids giggling and laughing and teasing each other. And it was amazing to see. And, and she's the sweetest woman in the world. And she's always dreamed of having her garage. It was this wasted space transformed into a guest suite. Because she has friends just like Brad that would come over and stay sometimes. And then she also wanted a makeup station somewhere that she could work on clients. And so we transformed it and we put in this, you know, there's tech as well. We, she pushes a button under the peninsula, like where the kind of island overhang is, pushes a button and a mirror comes out of the stone countertop. Oh, cool. And there's a Murphy bed that comes oh, down amazing. out of the seating area. And then the, the portrait. Right? Yeah, and there was a custom portrait that we did that was actually Jean's family. And that brought tears to her eyes and which brought tears to Brad's eyes seeing it and it's those little things that bring a bit of memory or something that they love into the home that makes the difference. What a great idea. What an amazing gift that you guys are giving. Yeah. yeah. This show is truly all about the heart. You're getting to see these, you know, our first season we have Melissa McCarthy, Viola Davis, Jeremy Renner, Michael Buble, Rebel Wilson, and Brad Pitt. And they're, you're seeing a side of them you don't typically get to see. They're not on screen or they're not on stage performing. And on top of that, they're giving back to an everyday person that's a, someone they love in their life. And I think it's it's pretty heartwarming. It's pretty amazing. That's so great. That's so great. I have a dream of a treehouse. I really want a treehouse. I, I don't know. Look at Drew. He's like, huh. Easy. Really? That, that's houses. what that was? I thought it was a bad idea. Look, I thought it was like, I don't think you should. Hey. No, uh, treehouse is not a bad idea. Linda and I just this past week we built we went camping. Not a treehouse, but no, we a we, tent. we built a camping site in our living room. Yeah, I heard that on the podcast. That's awesome. Yeah, so we, hey, we love imagination. A treehouse is like imagine having the ultimate like a, a home home in a treehouse. That'd be, It'd be amazing. incredible. Ugh. Yeah. Okay, how would you describe your aesthetic style for your home? I mean, I I don't think for my style it's any one particular category like i i like to mix and match and i love mixing old things and it's very whimsical. personal like, like Lin linda items. loves something that has it's all it has to have story everything in the design has to have story or meaning because you don't like anything generic no and i don't like when things are too pretty or like too perfect looking that's why it might drive you nuts because i like when things look lived in and a little messy Me like i love the look of a messy bed because it's like it you know yeah. like I drive her nuts because as soon as we get up, typically I'll make the bed or or I'll straighten things up and then I'll come back into the room and things are sort of disheveled a little bit. I'm like, what the heck? Like I just cleaned this. When we're on the road <laughs> and we come home and it's like too perfect, I mess it up intentionally. I just like leave yeah. things everywhere because I want it to feel like we've lived here. I always this it's my mom taught me this when I was young. You want your house to always look the way you love it all the time because guests could come over at any time. And so if you're someone who's like, oh, uh, I'll answer the door in just a second and you're quickly tidying up to get organized, I hate that feeling. And so for me, I love everything organized and in place. And Linda's not messy. She just likes a little bit more disheveled and lived in. Yeah, and when guests come over, if it's too neat, 
I feel like they're intimidated. Oh, like, completely. Yeah. Can I sit here? Can I message you? They should be. It's like, <laughs> oh, you guys have your life together, and I clearly don't. <laughs> but I am going to be really excited about my closet mm-hmm. when I finally tackle it. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, now we're going to call one of our listeners and try to give some unqualified advice. Ooh. That's cool. Hello? Hey, Gabby, it's Anna Ferris. Hi, Anna. We're here with Drew Scott and Linda Scott. We're not here. We're separated by miles. Here in spirit. Yes. Hi, Gabby. How are you doing, Gabby? Hi, Drew. Hi, Linda. Hey, Gabby, how are you doing? Are you hanging in there? Yeah, as much as can be expected with all of this. Yeah. Are you quarantining at home? Yes. Isn't it weird? We were just, we were talking about how time has kind of melted. Yeah, there's no time anymore. It's a very odd feeling. And it's really hard to do any work in any way, like from home. Do you guys find that too? I don't, maybe you guys don't. You guys are good with I mean, schedules. I mean, there's certain parts of our work that we can do from home and there's certain things we can't, you know, all production is shut down, yeah. but you know, we can do some Instagram lives, conference calls and whatnot. Um, but I mean, spending it's, time to, together. I, I think it's harder to focus. Yes, yeah. my headspace is not there. Yeah. Gabby, are you at home uh, in isolation on your own or do you have family with you? Um, it's just me and my mom. It's been the two of us together for like most of my life. So it's, you know, nothing unusual. She's your partner in crime. Hey, Gabby, so tell us what's going on. Okay, um, so I've had this friend for about nine years now. We met in high school. He moved here the summer of my senior year and uh, we became friends. He used to live like on my block actually. We were neighbors and he was a grade below me but we were close friends for a while. Went to his prom with him you know and then he ended up moving not very far away like maybe five ten minutes away after he graduated and we were like friends like from a distance like we weren't close at certain periods of time. And then about like maybe four years into our friendship, I kind of developed a crush on him, which was kind of funny because when he first moved to town, like every girl like was throwing herself at this guy. Like every girl thought he was really hot and wanted to date him. And I just always like saw him as a friend at that point. But like when he started, we were like in our early twenties at this point, I kind of got a crush on him. And I remember telling him about it and nothing really came out of that. But then Last year, I had just gotten out of a three-year relationship. He had just gotten out of a two-year relationship. And he finally came out and said to me, hey, I've always liked you, like, since we met, basically. Just never said anything. And 
we started kind of seeing each other. We were spending a lot of time together. And it was like amazing. Like we had like so much chemistry. We were like, you know, sending each other like the same text at the same time. Like we were like thinking the same thing. Everything just seemed very perfect until he kind of said to me, you know, well, I'm still in love with my ex-girlfriend. And um, so we decided to kind of like slow things down a bit. And, you know, like we were still sort of seeing each other, but not anywhere near as frequently. We were still talking and things like towards the end of the summer seemed like, you know, in my mind, at least I thought, okay, things seem to be picking up again. Maybe like he's over it and he's like ready to move on. But like when I brought it up again, he said like he wasn't ready for anything. He was still had feelings for his ex. And so at that point, I just decided, you know, why don't we just go back to being friends? I was like pretty devastated, though. How long did you guys officially date? We were only seeing each other for like a few months, but like we've known each other for so long. It just like it all kind of like melts together. So like a lot of us, you guys didn't define things. Right. It was kind of in the like, oh, let's see where things go stage. And it never really got past that. So when he said he like wasn't ready for anything, I was like, let's just be friends. And then I didn't really hear from him for like six months. And then we spoke like last week for the first time since last September. And the conversation was kind of weird because like we ended up saying I love you to each other, which I was not expecting at all. But he still kind of without saying it was saying, you know, we're not going to be together together basically and you know if we're friends like it's just going to be the way it was where we don't really talk all that often and like sometimes we do sometimes we don't so I'm just I'm just very confused by the whole thing because I don't really know it just seems weird that he would come out and say hey I love you after six months of not talking to me but you know still like oh we can't be together. Gabby during the six months that when he didn't really reach out did you reach out to him frequently? No not at all. No I didn't reach out to him just because I kind of felt like I was the one that got hurt in the whole thing so I felt like he should be the one to to reach out to me but when we finally did speak last week I was the one that reached out to him. Was last week when you guys said that you loved each other or was that earlier? Uh, Yeah yeah no it was like very recent. So you guys had a nice conversation a week ago. Yes. And then oddly enough, he unfollowed me after that. So I'm just totally confused by this guy. Well, it sounds like he's definitely working out some things. Yeah. I think that he may have a whole other set of issues that maybe he can't tell you about or, you know, that's sort of the unknowable. You know, the one thing I, I think from what you're ex- describing with this with this gentleman, and he's not acting like a gentleman if he's unfollowing you. But um, the the thing that I, I, I've seen guys do before is if they know someone, they're afraid to let you down. And so what they end up doing, though, is hurting you even more because they're sort of dragging you along and leading you on and they they keep being nice but they're giving you just enough to make you feel you know at that little bit of love or 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 want but then in the end they end up hurting you a lot more because they're not being clear with you so i'm wondering if he said he loves you in a way to give you something nice but to let you go and in the end it's just still confusing you i don't know yeah i definitely do get the feeling that he that there's something that he's not saying like that he's holding something back mm. i've crushed on so many boys that have not reciprocated. But 
but I've been like friends with, although, you know, I think there's the like, can men and women have very healthy heterosexual friendships independent of their partners? I don't know. That's still kind of an unanswerable idea for, for me. And it's so hard right now during quarantining to distract oneself, I think, especially if this is on your mind a lot. Mm-hmm. You don't have to answer this, Gabby, at all. I know that it does complicate things a lot if things got physical between you two. But that is another thing. Like in the past when I've done that kind of thing, it just makes it harder because the rejection for because I, I feel like I'm, I'm a very sexually intimate person. I have to be very close to somebody, which makes, you know, hooking up that much more complicated back in the day. I'm the kind of person that I like to just, even if it hurts, I like to just rip off that Band-Aid. I like to just be blunt and talk through with somebody. Is it something, Gabby, that you feel you have done in just calling them out on any of the bullshit just to say, I'm a little confused. You say you love me and you still want to be friends, yet you unfollow me and now, you know, that's cutting off communication. And was that the intent of you guys having that conversation last week when yeah. you reached out to him. So do you feel it was really clear what you're what you were looking for out of this friendship or relationship or do you still feel it's a little muddy? I felt like it was clearer before than it is now almost. I did like try to call him on stuff and some of it he got very defensive over and I even called him out on that and said, "Hey, like you're kind of just coming from this very like defensive reactionary place and you're not listening to me and he was like oh I'm sorry you're right let me listen and then when I when he was listening he kind of was like well I kind of see what you're saying but I I don't feel like I did that and I almost felt like he was trying to comfort himself more than he was trying to comfort me like he had some sort of guilt and it was like well in my mind I didn't do these things the way you think I did so I feel good about it whether or not you do. Yeah, which is kind of, I mean, you can you can tell from what you're saying, he's very defensive. I mean, no one likes to be attacked. So calling somebody out, I, I find what I, because I, again, we were talking about this earlier uh, with Anna is I have a very loud and sort of strong voice. And even when I'm not trying to sound like I'm attacking, I do sound that way sometimes. And sometimes what I'm trying to relay is a, a message is being picked up a different way. But, you know, finding a way to talk to him and that he doesn't feel he needs to be on the defensive at the end of the day, we can't make people, you know, everybody's an individual and loves who they love and that's their own prerogative. And, you know, it just would have been nice if if he could just be honest with you so that you can move on with your life if he's not interested. Gabby, do you have a way to reach out to him? Do you have his phone number and stuff? Yeah, we've been communicating like a little bit here and there through like text or through social media. Well, you know, here's the thing. It sounds like he's not interested in a relationship right now, or maybe he is still, you know, into his, his ex and you know, you can't strong arm somebody into liking you or wanting to be in a relationship with you. And you clearly miss him and he misses you. So I don't think uh, you need to throw away the idea of a friendship at all. I do think that next time you do talk to him, I would not focus on futurizing or where you guys are at in your friendship or what happened back then. For like an initial conversation, I would maybe keep things kind of light and easy and then maybe explore if you want to. But the thing is, you might not, I don't know if how many answers you're going to get out of him. If he's been very vague all along, he may not know where he's at. I just don't know if you ask him directly what is going on, if he has the the tool set 
in himself to answer in an honest way, which means you might be vulnerable to either being led on again or or being led on and sort of further. Mm. I would say, you know, if he wants to treat this like a friendship, then I think that's where you have to start as well. And, you know, keep things a little bit light and fun and, and maybe explore if he's open to it. If he's angry with you, like, I don't understand the unfollowing thing. Um, that seems very odd to me, but I kind of got the impression that maybe he is now associating me with like, oh, she thinks I'm terrible. Like I think of all the shitty things that I've done in my past when I talk to her, I don't want to see her stuff anymore. Like that was kind of my thought process on that. I mean, at the end of the day, if it's too hard for you to just be friends with him, if you've wanted more then I mean, I think you need to be honest with yourself as well. If, if it's a friendship that you want to continue, but at the end of the day, you both deserve to be happy. You just hope that both you can be honest with yourselves and others as to what's going to make you all happy. Yeah. Gabby, there's a great book called Attached. It's by Dr. Amir Levine and Rachel Rachel Heller. Attached is what it's called. It's a great book for everybody. But he may be, not that I could possibly diagnose anything, but he may have a bit of avoidant attachment issues, which, you know, I guess it's a sort of fear of commitment and it can be pretty selfish behavior as well. I could definitely see that. The ex that he's been so hung up on, he actually cheated on her and that's why they broke up. Yeah, he's got issues. Yeah, I think you should read this book. If he's cheats on his ex, and now and still is like crushing on her or whatever or like romanticizing the relationship which a lot of us do after a breakup then he just may not be in a headspace at all to be in a relationship with you or with anyone else if he's still sort of struggling with intimacy but the practical advice I would say is to check out this book attached and I would maybe give it a week and then maybe shoot him like a, a friendly text just saying hey thinking about you I know we had some drama or whatever but I want you a part of my life and I, w- I want to have fun with you or you know something so he doesn't think that the next conversation that you have is necessarily going to be about what happened you know like what happened to our relationship what happened to our budding relationship I think maybe sidestep that just for a minute. And you know what? And if if he's not the one for you, he's not the one for you. Yeah. And and to what True said too, I think if you feel your friendship is worth saving and working on, work on that. But if that's too hard for yourself to deal with because it's a relationship that you want, then I think you have to be honest with yourself and not force yourself to try to be friends when it's painful for you to want more than that. And you know what? If you are hung up on him, but it's not the relationship that's working for you, the moment you can... Let yourself let that go. I bet you somebody else who's an even stronger match for you will just all of a sudden uh, appear in your life. I know you probably miss him and I know you're confused and I'm afraid that I don't know if we have the answers, Gabby, but I can't tell you how many times I've been in that position and, the, and it feels really helpless because it is, it's a powerless position because you want something that the other person, you know, is uncertain about. And I'm sorry about that because it's, it can be a lonely place to be, especially in these times. But I guess that's the journey that we all have to go through because getting your heart broken even a little bit is, I believe, makes you a more empathetic person. But I'm sorry, Gabby. It's a bummer, especially when you're looking for the familiarity that you knew, your buddy in high school that you were close with and laughing with. And, you know, Gabby, too, you may take a minute to reflect if you've romanticized your friendship with him as well. You know, that may give you comfort if you feel like maybe you don't have 
quite as much of a connection as you used to. I mean, I feel that with some of my friends from back home that while we have, you know, we laugh and we have fun, our friendship is rooted in nostalgia, which is natural. That's what happens in life. Speaking of nostalgia, we were looking at old photos the other night, like together, like through text. And uh, he goes, how could you not tell that I liked you back then? And I was like, you never told me. Oh boy. He's got to stop teasing. He's doing what uh, he sounds to me like he's doing what I, what I was saying is where he's he's giving you a little and then he's he's pulling back. He's giving you a little, he's pulling it back and and he's trying not to fully just cut the tie of a uh, like a an intimate relationship and uh, he's not interested in that and it just makes it worse. Totally. Gabby, of course I don't know him, but this behavior makes me think that he's kind of a jerk right now. Like I I wish that he could just be a little more straightforward. Oh, he definitely is. Oh, good. Okay, good. Well, then we, we settled it. You know I don't that. think that's... Uh, <laughs> yeah. If we all agree that he's a dick, then um, <laughs> let's get him out of your life. <laughs> well, it's funny because what Drew was saying, how, like, you know, he kind of gives me just enough. When I'm the one that pulls back... In there's been so many cases, like when he mentioned the thing about his ex or last week I said, well, you know, maybe I can't really be your friend right now because of all of this. He got very upset and was having like a panic moment of like, oh, God, I fucked this up so bad. Mm. I don't know if I'm crazy about this guy. (laughs) I concur. Right? (laughs) Yeah. We'll find you a new one. Yeah, it doesn't seem fair that, you know, he can act on a whim and decide when you guys can be friends or, or intimate and... When you're honest about it, it he's trying it's, to hold the control. Yeah, yeah, which of course makes you powerless. Yeah, Gabby, is he 27 as well? He's two years younger than me. He's 25. I'm 27. Because I still think that's a little too old for this behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. I think 25 is old enough to be able to say what you mean and to not be toying with anybody's emotions. What does your mom think, or do you talk to her about that stuff? Yeah, my mom and I are very close. Um, she kind of was just like when I started talking to him again. She's like, I don't want you getting hurt again. Just be careful. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I would reach out to him. Gabby, if you can be strong enough, I would recommend against it. If he's stopped following you on social yeah. media and, and he's he's doing all the things you're saying, I think just be the bigger person and cut that tie and you'll find it'll hurt a little bit, but you'll find something better. I know. And Gabby, we always have to fight against our own sense of curiosity, too. It's like the itch you cannot scratch, which is very hard. But I would attempt to do that if I were you. And truly check out this book, Attached, because he does sound like he has voided attachment issues. Who knows? But it might give you mm-hmm. comfort reading the book so you can identify like some of the specific behaviors and realize that it's not about you, you know, that you, you shouldn't take it personally, that this is about him. Oh, Gabby, I'm sorry, though. But thanks for sharing with us, Gabby. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. And please know, Gabby, we've all been there. It's lovely when you find someone who you can love and you know loves you back and it's not one-sided. And and Gabby, for you, it sounds very one-sided, unfortunately. And again, we don't know him, so I don't know like what issues he's dealing with. So I'm not saying he's a bad person, but he's not treating you nicely and yeah. like you deserve to you be. You definitely yeah. deserve. You deserve more. Yeah. And it sounds like he doesn't make you feel good. And I don't I don't like that, Gabby. You know, if he's making you feel bad more than good, that's a problem in any relationship, whether it's friendship or family or, you know, men. Hey, Gabby, thank you so much. Thank you. I love you. I'm thinking about you. Please give your mom a hug. I will. And once we can leave, there's a lot of wonderful people out there. And check out that book, Attached. It may give you some comfort. I will. Bye, Gabby. Bye, Gabby. Thanks, thank Gabby. you. Bye.
Hey, before I let you guys go, do you guys have a joke up your sleeve? My, I have cheesy. What's yours? Okay, what did the zero say to the eight? I think Jack told me this. Total dad joke. I don't know. Hey, nice, nice belt. belt. Uh, uh, I love it. I love Anybody it. listening, I'm sorry. Yes. But it's a good visual. It's a great visual. It's a great visual. Okay, right, what do we got, Drew? Oh, gosh. I got... I, I never know I jokes. Think I know. Are, I, all right, I have. It's another cheesy dad joke. These are the only that that belt joke, and this are the only ones that I know from like my dad. What did the one strawberry say to the other strawberry? I'm not sure. If we weren't so fresh, we wouldn't be in this jam. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, hey, you guys, thank you so much. I would love, uh, would love to hang out in person, and I would love to, um, I don't know, challenge you guys to a virtual game night as well. Although I'm terrified, I'm really bad. I'm remarkably bad. We all need somebody to beat. Oh yeah, as long as you're really, better. if you're really good at being bad, then at least you know, yeah. Sometimes I cry you know, you in the bathroom. Have fun, with it. <laughs> <laughs> have fun with it. I love it. Yeah. You guys, thanks again. Thank you so much. So appreciate it. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye. Thank you guys. Bye. Yeah.